0: at calvary i am very emotional and i'm trying to not be but it has been a challenging challenging week you know when when we as pastors preach sermons we know a lot of times that god is often speaking to us the most because it's a lot that we have in our notes that you all don't ever get to see and when I preached that sermon last Sunday about evil, I just was like, Lord, did, did the devil double down? He, he just got worse. It just got worse. Never did I expect on a Sunday evening to receive a call from Dr. Williams, Camilla Williams, telling me that a 14-year-old had been shot. Never did I expect that 14-year-old to be so closely connected with our church. And then even after her shooting, there were more shootings. More shootings here in Cleveland and in the world, in Texas, and so many different places. Being in the community this past week, because I try to stay out of the fray, y'all. <laughs> stay, I stay out of the fray. I was born in Cleveland. And although there are many good pockets of Cleveland, I love the city of Cleveland. That's how I work here. I minister here because I love Cleveland just that much. But there are some rough places in Cleveland, and I encountered them all this past week. I have never been around so much weed. I feel like I got weed in my blood right now. I'm just going to be honest with y'all. I didn't smoke the weed, but I was in the weed. (laughs) I'm just going to tell y'all the truth. So if y'all think I'm tripping? Cause I don't, I don't drink, I don't smoke. And you know, when you don't drink and you smoke, what you expose, it affects you differently. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you the truth. And then I saw people, and was with people that they don't go to church. Children that have not been in a church a day in their life. People that have a, a hardness to them because they've been in the world, they've been in the streets, they. I, I have seen guns in my life, but never so many as this past week. There are portions where, um, because of the anger and the hurt that people feel, they want to retaliate. They want to retaliate. They want to get back. And I, I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, guns is everywhere. And I'm like, what, what's just happening? And uh, Whitney, my daughter, and my sister Casey, we took off. I was like, time to move, time to move, time to move. <laughs> we were just close. We, once we got out the center, because we was in the center, once we got out the center, you know, I turned back, and there was a young lady close to me, and she had her gun pulled, and I was like, please make a different choice. Jesus, 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 make a different choice. And I'm praying. I'm calling on God's name. I'm screaming the Lord's name. And he made a wave. He was the wave maker. Because they put their guns down. And they put their guns down. And, and it, it's still not over. We got a whole funeral this week, y'all. And, and we're going to be over at Cory Methodist Church. And I already know the drama is coming. The drama is coming. And a lot of these people have not been in church for... Hundred years they haven't been in church. Most of us when we come to church, we are so church that we forget what it's like to be unchurched. We don't even understand what it's like to be around folks that don't go to church. They talk different. They act different. It's a whole bunch of cussing. <laughs> they kept saying, excuse me, Pastor, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cuss. And go bloop, 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 bloop. Oh, excuse me, Pastor, I don't mean to cuss. <laughs> like okay just let it go just let it go (laughs) but being immersed in that world this week just reminded me how thankful I am that the Lord rescued me and pulled me out (laughs) rescued me and all of us and also reminded me of how much work we got to do you know because I preached that sermon about evilness and then I thought Lord What are we supposed to do? The devil keeps amping up and amping up and making sure that the world is miserable. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to amp up God. We're supposed to increase our prayer. We're supposed to increase how much we go to church, increase our Bible reading. Because we got to be firmly rooted in Christ in order to encounter the world that we experience and the world that other folks experience. And I know for some of us in the room today, this this stuff is still real close. We all got the family members and the friends. That's their world all day, every day. That is their world all day, every day. So when, when I'm thinking about this sermon, I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to talk about? We can't keep talking about evil all the time. And the Lord said, just focus on me. Focus on my church. Focus on my word. You see, we are getting ready for Pentecost. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. That's the birthday of the church. And I thought about it. What happened between the time of the resurrection when Jesus went back to heaven and then the disciples were here? The re- I mean, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Jesus came back from the dead. He walked among the earth and then he ascended into heaven. What happened after the ascension? What was that time frame like? You see, we sometimes, when the world is going through all this chaos, we are so ready to run out and start working and start doing, but we're not grounded. Tell your neighbor you're not grounded. You cannot work for Jesus if you don't know Jesus enough. You got to get a little bit more grounded and understanding because otherwise that world will consume you, and you'll be right back in it so I thought about it. What was the world like? The disciples are standing there in the book of Acts, and Jesus is ascending back into heaven, and they're watching him go back up to heaven. And he has told them, you're about to be in this world. What is that world like? It's just like our world, full of a bunch of sinners, a bunch of hopelessness, a bunch of despair. And these little group of people, this little group of people, just like us, has to go out and make a difference in the world. So think about this. What is happening around this group of people? Jesus has ascended back into heaven, and he has left the disciples by themselves. I want us to look at this scripture today from um, the book of Acts. And Jesus had told them, we're going to look at verse 4, I think, Jasmine. Let's go straight to verse 4. Jesus has reminded them of the promise of the Father. Let's read this together. On one occasion, <laughs> Leave but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. So in that scripture it says my father promised a gift. What was the gift? The Holy Spirit. What was the Holy Spirit's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Say it again. To guide us. What else? To give us power. To protect us. Conviction of sin accessibility the holy spirit enables all of us to have access to have power to have strength all at the same time tell your neighbor all at the same time so jesus is telling the disciples that i'm leaving but don't forget to wait for the gift my father promised that's a wonderful gift so jesus goes on he's ascended into heaven and then it's about 10 days. Say 10 days. From that point, when the ascension happens, it's 10 days between that day and Pentecost Sunday. So how many of you know the disciples are in the? They're trying to figure out what to do, how to plan. They know that the world is out there, and Jesus expects them to go into the world. But how do you do that? Well, they come together, saints. And they start formulating their plan. Tell your neighbor, we need a plan. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples were with him. And they asked him a question. If you could ask Jesus any question right now today, what question would you ask him? What would you ask Jesus? Can you heal me? Can you heal my foot? (laughs) when are you coming back what's your question what would you ask jesus go ahead anna you would ask jesus to give you understanding for the people around us oh that's a good question vince is my name written in the book of life i want to know that too You would ask Jesus to heal the world. You would ask Jesus to help you to be a more effective witness. Praise God. Go ahead. Just take away the hate. Take away the hate. So the disciples before he ascended, they asked, I'm sure they asked a lot of questions, but the one that's printed down in the book They asked him this specific question in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 6. They say, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? How many of y'all think that was a limited question? (laughs) Like, out of all the questions you can ask, would you have chosen that one to ask? You see, they were worried about establishing a king. They wanted a Israel to be a kingdom they wanted the power but they didn't understand the power that Jesus was trying to give to them you see sometimes we don't understand the gift that Jesus is trying to provide to us our vision is too narrow tell your neighbor you're too narrow Jesus is trying to connect us through the power of the Holy Spirit to the all-knowing all-powerful God but we miss it And I think they missed the point on that, but they asked him a question. We all get a question, amen. And so they asked, Lord, are you going, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus gives them a reply. What does he say in verse seven? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. He said, It's not for you to know. Jesus was one bad man. (laughs) He's like, no, I'm not telling you all of that. But then he tells them, even though you don't know, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, who was he talking about? all of us, every believer from that time forward, we would be the witnesses and we would have power. Do you feel powerful today? Some of us do. Do some of us feel a little helpless and like we don't have any power to change the world? So again, Jesus leaves. He goes back and they're standing there looking up here looking at jesus go up into heaven they're just watching just watching and watching and and some angels come again on the scene and they say why are you looking up there he's gone it's kind of like why are you standing around you need to be doing something how many of us feel like some people are just standing around not doing anything (laughs) So Jesus is gone, the angels come back, and they ask a question. Their question is, why do you stand here looking into the sky? Why, again, are you just standing around? It's time for you to go do something. (laughs) So the disciples and everyone with them, they go back to the upper room. Say the upper room. Remember the last time they was in the upper room? What happened the last time they was in the upper room? Anybody? The last supper? Actually, the, the last time they were in the upper room was after Jesus was crucified. They was in the upper room a lot of times, right? So this time, the last time they were together in the upper room, Jesus had been crucified. They were afraid, They were hiding in the upper room. The world had gotten so bad, and they had witnessed somebody die, and they said, we are out of here, just like I was out of here when I saw those guns. They was gone. Doors shut. They didn't want to see nobody. Keep the lights out. Pull the shades down. We are in here, and we're staying in here. Anyone ever felt like you wanted to just hide from the world? I don't want to be in the hood. I'm not going on that street. I'm not going around those people. I am staying where it's safe, and I cannot be hurt. That ain't even safe, right, Vince? You're right about that. Because Abriana was in her home, in her room, lights out, doors closed, locked, and she still lost her life. So they're in the upper room, but this time they're in the upper room after the ascension, after the resurrection, after seeing Jesus. And now when they come to the upper room, they're coming in with a different mindset. They have a different understanding. You see, they have spent time with the living, resurrected God. Tell your neighbor, spend some time with Jesus. Jesus. After the worst thing that they could possibly experience through the death and the crucifixion on the cross, when Jesus returned three days later, he spent all the time with his disciples. Why? Because he was trying to build them up. He was getting them ready. He was helping them become firmly rooted. Tell your neighbor again, spend some time with Jesus. We cannot do this work if we are not spending time with Jesus. And so they came back to the upper room, and I want you all to look on your outline if you have it. Look who is in the room. Number one, who's number one? Number two, John. Number three, James. Number four, Andrew. Number five, Philip. Number six, number seven, Bartholomew. Number eight, Matthew, number 9, James, number 10, Simeon, number 11. And I know y'all thinking that's the one that betrayed him. (laughs) It was two Jameses and two Judas. Man, it was hard to be that second Judas, wasn't it? (laughs) But it was two Judas. So now it's 11, but it's not just the 11 men. Sometimes we get so focused on those 11 disciples that we forget the women were there. Say the women. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. Say Mary. And there were a whole bunch of other men and women that had constantly been with them and by their side this whole time. It was other people. Tell your neighbor it was other people. So the disciples come back to the upper room. And they realize we need someone to take the first Judas spot. We got to fill that spot. And so they start looking around. They start looking around the room. Because you see, again, you know it was other people there because they had to pick somebody. In order to pick somebody, you had to have some other people around you. So they look around the room and two people seem to be more up front or more present than the rest. And those two people are Matthias and, I don't know how to say his name correctly, Barsabbas. Is that good for (laughs) y'all? Barsabbas. (laughs) These names are complicated. But the two people that come to the front of everybody is Matthias and Barsabbas, and they have to figure out between these two men who's going to actually take the spot. And it's not an easy choice. You see, a lot of us serve Jesus faithfully. A lot of us are reading our Bible. We're praying. We're singing. We're discipling. We're in the community. We're doing everything, but no one ever sees us or knows we're there. Can I get an amen, anybody? We're doing all of this work, and no one recognizes us. And sometimes when we get to that place when it's like, Lord, no one even knows I'm I'm praying, I'm I'm giving, I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing, and no one knows I'm doing it, and we can tend to want to walk away. Tell your neighbor, don't walk away. Don't walk away. You see, these two men were examples for us that even though they weren't necessarily getting the recognition, they continued to do the work. Tell your neighbor, do the work. So when they had to come together to make a decision, and the disciple Peter stands up, tell your neighbor, it's time to stand up. Time to stand up here. I mean, I remember when I'd be like, "Who? Who's about to preach? Who? Me? <laughs> somebody, Pastor Rick, Pastor, you better call somebody else. <laughs> call somebody else." And I know Peter must have felt real shaky getting up in front of everybody like that. But God called him to stand up. And when Peter stood up, he started by describing everything that had happened. I mean, can you imagine Peter and all the disciples? They had this long conversation. They went through a life review. Say a life review. He took them back to the beginning. Look, don't you remember when this happened? Don't you remember this happened? We've gone through all these things together. And he shared everything. Say everything. And then he decided to go back a little further. He goes back into prophecy. He starts telling about things that happened in the Old Testament. And he starts reminding them that God is separating. You have the righteous and the unrighteous. You have those who will serve Jesus and those who won't. And then he talks about the book of life. There you go, Vince, your book of life. And he starts letting them know, look, we need to make sure our names is written in this book of life. What do we got to do to make that happen? And not only do we have to make sure our names are in the book of life, we need to help every person we encounter names being the book of life but again before they could rush out in the world start talking about the book of life they had to get themselves in order they had to get themselves in order first so I can imagine and this is just my imagination they get Matthias up front and they get Barabbas up front and the two of them are standing there and maybe they have to do a speech or something I don't know what they had to do but they come up front And then they have to cast lots. People have to choose which person. Choosing which person. It's not easy to do. We almost in that process right now, New Life at Calvary. We got candidates being determined on who is going to be a part of New Life at Calvary. Who's going to be our associate pastor? Who's going to represent us? We have to choose that, right? Right? And it's not going to be an easy choice. Tell your neighbor it won't be easy. Why won't it be easy? Because we're going to like all of them. There's going to be good things about all of them. They're all going to be loving and kind and compassionate, and they're all going to probably be on fire for Jesus. But still, we will have to vote just like they voted. And, and they came together, and they took their vote, and, and their vote, Landed on who? Matthias. Now, we don't hear too much more about them after the vote, just a little bit more about Matthias, but we definitely don't hear about Barabbas again. And we can imagine that he said, oh, I'm tired of these people. They don't never choose me. And walking away and saying, I give up. You should have chose me. And being angry and mad. But saints, he didn't really do that at all. He stayed true to the cause. Tell your neighbor, be true to the cause. It didn't matter if he had a title or not a title. Because his real title is child of God, no matter what. And he was going to serve God as long as he had a spot. Anybody feel that way sometimes? I'm going to serve God no matter what my spot is. I mean, I look at Pastor Rick and Pastor Toby and how they continue to pour into our church, even though they're retired. Even though they don't have to. Even though sometimes they're like, you calling me again? (laughs) You do realize I'm retired. They are going to serve God until their very last breath. Our titles don't matter one day i even know i'm gonna be retired praise the lord one day who is that raising their hand back there (laughs) and even after i'm gonna keep serving christ no matter what so they have to come together the lot falls on matthias he becomes one of the 12 but he's also the very first one that wasn't directly chosen by christ remember that jesus called peter he called all the rest of them he was standing in their face come follow me this time it changed the disciples were given the task to make the call not to come follow me but come follow who's behind me come follow the cross come follow jesus and that's what we do every time we encounter somebody who doesn't know Jesus. I don't want you to follow me because you're going to get lost. Following Pastor Kelly is not going to help you at all. but if you know about Jesus, if you know who I know, then you're going get a, you, your whole world going to open and change. So here it is. Matthias becomes the first one that gets called differently he gets called in a new way and a new path and they form this team of 12 disciples they have the women Mary the mother of Jesus and all the others say all the others all of these people being prepared the team is getting together for what what are they about to do they're about to serve the Lord you see, this is 10 days before Pentecost Sunday, y'all. 10 days. They are waiting for the promise that God has said, just wait. Notice they didn't run around. Well, how long, how long do I wait, Lord? How many days? They didn't know it was going to be 10 days. They didn't know how long it's going to be. We are so busy sometimes waiting and waiting. Lord, is it Today. Lord, please, is it today? Maybe tomorrow. Lord, I need you now. When are you coming? But tell you, never let it go. Let it go. Remember? It says, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set. Our focus is on what? To receiving the power of the Holy Spirit and being witnesses. Tell you, never get focused. Get focused, because we got a lot to do together. How do we even know what to look for? How do in this dark and forsaken world, how do we know what to look for? How do we know what to trust? How do we know who to trust? We do know who to, how to know. You see, everything about Jesus comes with the fruit of Jesus' spirit, the Holy Spirit. Everything about Jesus is love, joy, peace patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If those things aren't there, it's time for you to dip. Get out the way. (laughs) Get out the way. Because you know all of these people are wrestling, talking about, well, which church is the right church? And all of this, what belief is the right belief? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I know it's hard to hear. I know people don't like it. But tell your neighbor, I didn't say it. Jesus said it. (laughs) That's the way. So we look for signs of Jesus through the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness. And then sometimes, saints, tell your neighbor, sometimes you're going to feel like it's taking too long. Today we're going to leave the church, and I already told you all this, Something's going to happen. And you're going to feel so discouraged. You're going to feel so downcast. You're going to be thinking, Lord, I can't make it through another day. Claim that way, maker. Claim that way, maker. It is but a, a whisper, a brief second that we are here on this earth, a brief minute that we are here on this earth. And Jesus is coming. Tell your neighbor Jesus is coming. But he's already done something. He's already sent the promise of Pentecost. Tell your neighbor to hold on. Hold on. Because next week we're going to experience Pentecost Sunday, saints. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to experience the Holy Spirit in this place. So, saints... I want us all to rise, and we're going to pray together, and then we're going to sing I Don't Know Why. Gracious God, you are so good. You are so awesome and so amazing, and we thank you, Lord, for your promise. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Connect us, Lord Jesus, to your power, Lord. We want to feel your power. Even when we feel weak, even when we feel discouraged and downcast, Lord Jesus, even when we don't see the way, Lord Jesus, Fill us with your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to to witness to others. Help us to be there in the world. Help us to draw others out of the world and into you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for all good gifts given through you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that we pray and all God's people said amen and amen.